One of the common reasons for people coming to and staying in Tasmania is of course relationships or romance. People meet someone who brought them or drew them to Tasmania or they met someone in Tasmania and decided to stay. There have been many great, varied and interesting stories coming from the interviews that I've done so that I thought I'd share a compilation of a few of them with you. These how we got together stories and how people came to Tasmania are all quite different and varied, whether they started from a close friendship that blossomed, a meeting on an international flight, a blind date, an online dating site or even a used car sale. I hope you enjoy listening to all these stories of romance that ultimately led to life in Tasmania. So I met my husband in 2016 mm-hmm. when I was backpacking in mainland uh, searching for chasing um, farm work opportunities. I started meeting really nice, you know, lovely people from all over the world. And uh, I started really enjoying and I started discovering how diverse and interesting this country is, country was. So I started um, thinking, oh, probably I could stay a bit longer and mm-hmm. a bit longer, a bit longer. So, yeah. And then I came to um, Tasmania and then after a while I met my husband, so it changed my whole plan. So how did, how did you meet exactly? I actually met his parents first, okay. which is very unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was staying at someone else, uh, someone's house for two months actually. And this lady and my husband's parents were good friends. And one day, um, so the lady whose house I was staying at took me to a lunch at their friend's place, which was my husband's parents' place in Dodges Ferry. Okay. So um, I went there and met his parents and we got along well. And they were really lovely. And um, yeah, just found out they've got a son who's single living in Hobart. <laughs> and okay. <laughs> And I think there were a little bit uh, of um, plan planning behind oh, really? the scene by two mums. Okay. That's what I suspect. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we met uh, a little bit later. Yeah, I saw a little bit later I met my husband and uh, we actually started off as a housemaid. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And so what? Where was the point where you decided I'm going to commit to like staying here? I think when the relationship became serious and I don't think there was any particular time where I felt that's it, I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. But it just happened like that. I just followed the flow. Mm-hmm. I think I just trusted whatever came into my path, I think. Yeah, so it was sort of natural uh, it was natural to stay here a bit longer. But then uh, we actually, uh, so we got married in 2017 in June, just before my working ho- second year working holiday visa was expiring. And then after my visa expired, we traveled Asia for two months. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, Indonesia, Nepal, Malaysia and Singapore. And then we... Uh, we went to Japan and we mm-hmm. stayed there for one year and a half. Had he been to Japan before? No, he never lived 
in abroad before, so it was a very big shock、oh, and challenge、right. for him. Yeah.、Mm. Finding people to talk about the things that I mean, I'm interested in talking about were few and far between, and.、Um, I always found、uh, Charlotte、um, very welcoming, and as I said, she there was always a cup of tea and a meal at her house, and we were exceptional friends, very close, nothing untoward, just close buddies. And、uh, people th- were thinking we were having an affair, but there was nothing, nothing like that at all. And、um, Yeah, and that continued for about ten years until finally the penny dropped and uh, things um, got a bit more intricate after that, to put it delicately. And uh, I finally uh, proposed marriage. I I was I was uh, I was very um, smart. I did some things. Excuse me, uh, I think spectacular. Uh, Excuse (laughs) if even if I say so myself. I had、um, uh, a meeting with the Iraqi cultural attaché in Canberra. I was trying to attract higher,、uh, the Ministry of Higher Education money to a、uh, an Australian university that's postgraduate students. So we had I had a meeting, and so Charlotte and I.、Um, by then, we were intimate, and we were a couple, and so, and we went to Canberra together. And、uh, I, I said to her, "I've got to show you the Parliament." So I'd been to the Parliament before, and we went into the、uh, Parliament, and and there was Palmer speaking,、uh, the、uh, Australia Party. What's his name?、Um, oh, Clive.、Palmer. Clive Palmer was speaking. So Charlotte was very impressed、um, with that, and 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 then I showed her around the the、um, the different parts of the Parliament, especially the Magna Carta. She's she's very interested in. In English、um, history, and I don't know how I kept her busy, but I went down to the florist. This is the parliamentary. This is the florist for the prime minister and, <laughs> and the ministers and all the all the federal government. And I said to her, "Look, I need a bouquet of flowers and and a vase and something nice." And I remember she charged me a hundred and sixty dollars for for the、um, for the flowers. There was twelve red roses、uh, for a hundred and sixty dollars in a red vase. And I said to her, I'd like them delivered to the roof of the parliament. Of course, today, for security reasons, you cannot go on the roof. There was a、mm. grass lawn on top of the roof of the parliament, and there was a viewing panel, so that where you can view the surroundings. You can walk on the roof, and in those days, and I remember the florist says, "Go, go," because、uh, I was having trouble paying. She said, "No, go." And I said, "You don't know me from a bar of soap. I can, I can, I can take your flowers and disappear." And I insisted on paying, so I did manage to pay in the end. Anyway, I had Charlotte on the roof of the Parliament, otherwise engaged, and suddenly the 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 florist turns up with a bouquet of flowers, and I say to her, "Will you marry me on top of Parliament House?" I thought that was pretty spectacular.、Yeah. Uh, story uh, to tell, and、um, uh, which is tr- it's tr- also true. Um, luckily, I met an Australian、um, uh, who I have now been married to for forty six years. <laughs> um, uh, so I was out of the boarding house,、uh, married to Owen, and we moved to Johannesburg. 
uh, and it was there that we made the decision to leave. I mean, when we married, we still thought we would live in in South Africa as a couple, um, but we moved to Johannesburg for Owen's work, and it was there that the Soweto riots occurred in 1976, uh, which was when uh, the black youth of South Africa rebelled against, interestingly, um, the imposition of them having to be taught in Afrikaans. Mm. Um, and the Soweto riots occurred, and of course we were living in Johannesburg, which um, Soweto is the black suburb, or was the black suburb on the outskirts of the white area, and uh, um, many people will probably have in their mind the horrible photograph of black children running towards um, and being shot uh, at point-blank range by uh, white army and police. And that's when we thought, no, we don't think this is a country we want to to bring up our children in. And, of course, you, you can't look into the crystal ball. We weren't to know that apartheid would end um, not too long after we left in at the end of 1976. Yeah. Well, quite a long time, actually. Another, yeah, I mean, another still, 20 odd years. Yeah, still yes. More than a decade. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm. And, and a lot of things happened in the meantime. Mm. Um, so, well, that's a good time to ask you uh, how did you and Owen uh, meet? Oh, well, that's a long story. How long have you got? Um, my brother, uh, older brother, had been at a German language school in Germany um, and he met this crazy Australian. And a couple of years later, this crazy Australian hitchhiked through Africa and landed up on my brother's doorstep in Port Elizabeth. And my brother invited me to come along and meet him. Mm-hmm. And we were married six months later, yeah. which much to the horror of my father, who thought <laughs> Australians were, you know, a footloose bunch. And uh, he he obviously didn't plan that I would marry an Australian. But he he grew used to it and, and loved Australia when he came to visit. Do, do you remember um, what your impressions were when, on first meeting him? Of meeting Owen? Yeah. Um, what was the occasion? Well, it was it was a, a, an evening meal at my brother's house. I think my first memory was what a wonderful storyteller he was. And, of mm. course, he had some amazing stories to tell about hitchhiking through Africa. So yeah. he wooed me on interesting and humorous stories. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way. I'm sure hitchhiking through Africa, you'd have to have a few interesting stories yeah and i think also probably i mean i've never really thought about this but he seemed much freer uh and open-minded than many of the boyfriends had had up until that time who'd been south africans i went out with a rugby player at one stage and i was pleased that owen was not particularly interested in sport because i (laughs) got very bored watching rugby games What, uh, what brought you to Tasmania? Um, I met a handsome Australian in London. Okay. So, yeah. And what were the, what were the circumstances? Well, that's a 
tiny bit of a funny story actually. Um, I had broke, uh, broken up a relationship and Valentine's Day was coming up and I got three messages on my phone, three sort of Valentine messages, all two different languages, all of them very badly spelled <laughs> and I thought I need something new. So I, um, shortly after I moved house and I moved into this shared house and there was my future husband, little did I know. Okay. Yeah, he was in that house. So what were you doing in London? Um, I went to London because I got into a drama school there, Rose Bruford. So I had finished drama school and I was acting and working. And my husband, my soon-to-be husband, he was... He had finished um, Australian... Um, the Australian army and he was just having fun travelling the world. And yeah. had sort of ended up in London needed a job, needed to get more money to travel. I think he was planning to travel to Mexico and to learn Spanish. Six months later, he found himself in Norway learning Norwegian, so that's well, how yeah, life can be. Yeah, big change. big change. I just remember him being very quiet and sort of very calm. I can be a bit all over the place. Okay. And he was this, this calm centre that I was drawn to. So my story, I should say, coming here is very romantic as well. Mm -hmm. I would never plan that I ended up in Tasmania, in Australia, never. It happened because of John and, and sort of he wants me to, he fell in love and he said, I can't live without you, you should come. <laughs> it, was, so, it was like that. So how did you meet then? Through friends. Okay. in the sort of dinner party, something like this. And he saw me playing somewhere. Okay. He liked everything, actually, about me. Yeah, I was comfortable in Poland, and quite frankly, I was hesitated because my mother loved me. I have only brother, so I haven't, we haven't got big family. But after a few years coming to Poland, visiting me and everything, Finally, I came here. That's how he started. And from here, I become mumsy of Caroline, doing everything to be a good wife. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but I did everything. What I felt I need to. Maybe clumsily, but I try. Yeah. But what was, was there something that finally persuaded you to um, leave Poland and come to the other side of the world? As I told you, I was divorced then, when mm -hmm. I met John. Have, if my daughter was 12 then. Um, in the end, in Poland, things a little bit changing. Solidarity movement start. I have few jobs. And quite frankly, I was a little tired with all this. And John, my husband, John, said that he wants to be with me and help me with everything. To, to be, he was a strong man and everything. That's what persuaded me. And I fell in love as well, mm -hmm. after a while, not yeah. at the first moment. It wasn't, you know, oh, it wasn't something, infatuation, no. It was time. How did you 
did you meet your wife in Canada? Did I get that right? Yes, sort of. Yes, sort of. So my wife had she's West Australian, as I said, she'd come over to do a, a ski season, um, not at Whistler, uh, <laughs> but she did a ski season. We met on a flight from Vancouver down to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Um, and had been going down to meet a girlfriend from LA and just for a bit of a holiday before she went home and I was desperately needing a break from 100 hour weeks in residency and um, yeah it you know an opportunity came up to have a holiday in Mexico so we we met on the plane briefly well we met going through Mexican customs we like to say <laughs> yeah, um, right. Uh, we, we, That's a great meetup story. It is. It was actually hysterical because we, we, I think she was behind me in the queue and Mexican, or at least Puerto Rican customs, Puerto Rican, Puerto Vallarta customs had um, this system where you press a button and if it goes green, go on through. And if it goes red, they're going to search you. And we just smiled and laughed at it. Um, went through, we both went green. And, and then she said to me, well, well, do you mind watching my bag while I go to the washroom? And I said, yeah, that's fine figuring if she's already smuggled in drugs there <laughs> it's fine we're already in so uh yeah I, I since over the years found out that anytime she gets off an airplane she needs to go pee immediately <laughs> so, oh, really? yeah. um so uh, you know the rest was history we shared a shared a taxi and met up as and got to know each other as friends um and then oh i guess started dating a few weeks later when she was back in vancouver after her family had come for a visit um and they toured around the western part of Canada for a while, and then, yeah, we started dating. She actually went off to England for four months, uh, so we, again, we had a relationship that started as friends. Um, we got to know each other via email and some occasional phone calls, and realized this this could probably work if we were ever in the same town, so she moved back to Vancouver, because I still had training to finish, and she just moved right in. So we'd had, well, I like to say we had one night, and then she moved in yeah and uh with the backup plan well if this isn't working you go back to australia and if it is working stick around yeah so she stuck around yeah it's been 18 years yeah all right that's pretty good effort yeah some days are better than others (laughs) in all relationships but yeah that's that's normal isn't it yeah So, Lonnie, what, what brought you to Tasmania? So, what were the circumstances behind you coming? My husband. <laughs> so, I left home when I was 20 and lived in Christchurch for a little bit. And then I moved to Sydney and that's where I met my husband. Yes. Yeah, so, how did you meet? Um, we had a blind date, didn't we? Mm. <laughs> blind date. So, what, what, how did that happen? Like, what? Uh, through a dating agency. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the uh, the old days. Yeah, yeah. The, the the old days where you go in there and put your name down, register to meet someone, and that was how it yeah it came about. And how long had you been living in Sydney before that? Um, I'd only we met in nineteen ninety, didn't we? I think so. Yes. So it only like uh, maybe six months. Okay. Oh yeah, that's under twelve months. <laughs> and so, do you do you remember what that uh, first blind date was like? I do. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a restaurant, I think, in Parramatta or somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, Lonnie ordered seafood, including prawns. I made some sort of comment that she probably every bit of it. 
and she proceeded to put the prawn and shell and legs in her mouth and chew on it just to make the point. She didn't swallow it. But, yes. That would have made a quite an impression, I guess. Yes. And what about you, Lonnie? What do you remember about it? Um, it was a bit awkward because I usually do, hadn't, hadn't done or that kind of thing before. Um, and so, yeah, but it was, we had a good night though. We, yeah, it was a, a conversation fairly flowing. The food was really good, mm. seafood. <laughs> yeah. That, that's our major um, uh, staple at home is seafood. So, yeah, it ended up quite a good night. Yeah. Yeah. And so how, how long before you sort of got to the point where you want to make it permanent so we following that had a few dates and then we stopped kind of like for some time and then one day I was working at um, was it Gross Nest yes you were at that stage yeah I was working late at night and I thought I really can't be bothered catching the train <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I would just ring Peter to see what he's doing, <laughs> to okay. see if he could pick me up, and he did. <laughs> and then we started again. Yeah, and then then you knew it was sort of. Yeah, we continued dating for quite some time. Well, not really, not too long. Um, I was an old fellow. I was already nearly forty. Um, I had a couple of goals in mind. I wanted to find a woman taller than me so my children would have a chance. (laughs) Secondly, I wanted to find a woman who was younger than me so she would look after me in my old age. Okay. Um, I think I failed on both accounts. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. (laughs) But um, at least we had two girls and they're both taller than I. Okay. Both content with the height, so I achieved one goal. Tell me about how you ended up coming to Australia. Okay. <laughs> I know there's a few steps to the story. So surprisingly, I think if it was like my great grandma's time, it wasn't possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with the internet, uh, my husband and I, we met on a dating site, uh, fell in love very quickly um and then got married in Mauritius so then we applied for the visa and my daughter was 11 when we arrived here and I was 41 so I ended up in Australia because of a love story yeah and married the Tasmanian (laughs) (laughs) but so what what I mean it's quite a big step to um meet someone from overseas that way what was it that, that appealed to him that made you think I'll go to Mauritius to meet him? Well, I think the thing is when we met online, he said, oh, can we be friends? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I'm like, Australia, that's a bit far, but why not? We can talk. And then we realized we had feelings and we said, oh, this can't be online for too long. We need to meet for real. So I was just thinking, he speaks English. I can't make him come to Madagascar straight away because it was quite dangerous at that time as well. We mm-hmm. had like a, a government was not very stable. I didn't want to risk him to be straight away in danger, not knowing me well. Yeah. 
So we like agree to meet a bit in the middle. So Mauritius was kind of perfect, speaking French, but English a bit at the same time and was a nice place to yeah. meet. Yeah. And um, then he was like, oh, yeah, um, I think that that will be okay. But then along the time I said to him, do you think we can get married? I've never <laughs> been married. And he's like, yeah, why not? I said, you sure? I said, I don't want to push, but still it's it's a good thing if we've got the feeling really mutual and really like love, not just kind of like uh, a little meeting you and then we stop. Um, so we did the move, um, mm. meeting each other in Mauritius and went to the lawyers, did the wedding, had a honeymoon there. And then he came back to Australia. I came back to Madagascar. Um, very sad. Mm. <laughs> and we, we preferred to apply for the visa and wait. So we're not going to go backwards, forwards. Um, Cause I said to him, when I will leave, I will leave. I don't like to go. And then, oh no, you don't have the visa. You have to come back because it will be tricky for job for the school of my yeah. daughter. So we waited for six months. We were lucky. I felt drawn to Bruni Island. I saw pictures and I did find a house to house seat on Bruni Island. Mm -hmm. But that led to a purchasing of a car and I didn't want to buy a car of a kayak because, you know, you know, you always get <laughs> a bad deal. So I spoke to people and they said, oh, this guy, his name is Alan. He's a mechanic and he always has a couple of cars, spare cars. Why don't you call him and, or I can call him. This lady was actually quite um, liking Alan <laughs> and she thought it's a good reason to ring him again. <laughs> and yeah, and I met Alan and he you know, showed me a car and we had an instant connection and I sort of felt, oh my God, what's going on here? You know, li very little English. You have to picture myself speaking mm -hmm. sort of four or five word sentences. And presumably he didn't speak. He didn't yeah, speak any other, no, no. <laughs> I mean, Alan is New Zealander originally, but yeah. was living in Tassie at that point for already, I think, 15, 18 years at that time. Then I think he sort of drew out the card deal a little bit in, you know, that he may need to do a little bit more work on it before I can buy it. It was a that's and Sunny <laughs> for $900. Yeah, so that, that's how it started. And then, you know, he, he sort of, it's funny, he would say that he's, he realized that something went on because he did a whole engine um, sort of re rebuild or rehaul and did much more on the car before he sold it to me and he did it all for free just because he wanted to really get me a really good car. At the same time, he drew out the time and he had to see me again and again and say, it's not quite ready yet, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that was telling him that maybe there is something there. And, yeah, and then he was very impressed that I paid cash, you know, Swiss, $900, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how our um, story started. Mm -hmm. 